awesome nerds and welcome to another episode of D&D and TV, the weekly podcast where we rewatch television shows we really enjoy and talk about, talk about how the themes, concept and characters could be used in different role-playing games. I am your host, Jeremy, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-host, Elise, who is sneaking out of the school grounds wearing a matching snoot. <laughs> First of all, let me correct you, Jeremy. It's a snood with a snood. D. Snood. Oh. Yes, because it's like a... I believe it's like a a snuggly hood, I think. Yes, it looks awesome. I like it. Um but anyway, yeah, definitely that's uh, that's what I'm doing. However, mine is not mine is not black. Mine would definitely be colorful like Enid's. Would it be the the pink and purple that she tends to go probably, for? <laughs> probably not pink and purple. It would probably be more like blue and green. Um but mm. I do like a bit of color. Yeah. It is an impressive look that she's got going. Enid in this episode was oh. very um, more puppy-like than she's been recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, she pulls it off, though. Like, she, it's such, like, a weird, eclectic, you know, chaotic, you know, clash of colours and, you know, oh. different fabrics and bloody everything. But um, she, yeah, she looked great this episode. She's very fluffy, I think. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Because uh, we are talking about Wednesday. Episode six of season one, Quid Pro Woe, <laughs> uh, in which Wednesday's friends throw her a surprise birthday party. They mean well, but she'd much rather mark the miserable occasion by solving the murders. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> I know I say a lot about the synopsis. I kind of like the slightly sarcastic version of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. That was good. But I'd rather solve the murder. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll have a birthday party. It's like that clash of they're all in like a high school drama and she's in like this noir, gritty noir like <laughs> oh my god yeah like tr- true detective or you know like veronica mars if it was like rated r and directed by david yeah. fincher <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> like they didn't actually specify in session zero what kind of game it was going to be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was no there was no Ben as the DM telling them, you know, it's going to be grim dark and, you know, gird your loins or whatever he said. <laughs> I feel like girding the loins is not what you want to do in grim dark. It's like you, yeah, you no, I... protect your heart and your mind. You don't gird your loins. I feel like gird your <laughs> loins is something you do before you like go into sport or battle or something. Look, sure. It's just came into my mind. It sounded funny. Um, yeah, no, it was probably more something like leave your silly, sh- funny shenanigans at the door kind of thing. Um, yeah, no. There's only room for death and misery. Um, That's right. We're playing, we're playing um, Grim Hollow or Vampire the Masquerade. We're not playing Thirsty Sword Lesbians. Exactly. If only. I, I have that now. We can play it. Okay, we will. I'm very pleased I have this game. Um, speaking of thirsty lesbians, uh, we'll go back to Wednesday. <laughs> oh yeah, beautiful segue. I can't, I can't argue with it. Um, oh no, I can't argue either. That was great. Certainly, the the final scene of this episode. We won't go in order. We're just going. It is a spoiler free podcast uh, that we're talking about. So while we won't spoil the future two last episodes, we might spoil a lot of this one. Because uh, mm-hmm. we expect you to watch it. And the final scene when Enid basically has enough of Wednesday's bullshit and like moves out, mm-hmm. that read as a breakup to me. Yeah. Yeah, it could. Definitely. You can definitely make that comparison. Um, yeah, that was also down as one of my, um, you know, standout scenes as well. Um, yeah, like Enid's basically pouring her heart out and saying, you don't care about your friends. You just use us, um, you know, because of your obsession and, you know, we could have died and I don't, I've been trying so hard to be your friend and I've been, you know, like I think she's had a couple of lines that were quite funny that I can't actually remember off the top of my head. Um, something oh, like everyone's some- like, oh, she's a sociopath or something. And and she's like, no, no, she's just shy. <laughs> yeah. But Aina's been sticking, um, up with, sticking up for her with all the other people. Yeah. That she's um, been she's... trying to be Wednesday's friend throughout the whole season. And Wednesday mm. responds with, I didn't ask you to. And it's like, yeah, you didn't have to mm. because I'm your friend, damn it. I know. Oh, That being said, as much as what, everything that she says is true, you, I mm. feel like you can see that it does resonate with Wednesday. Like she's getting, Enid is getting through to her and 
yeah. I think that helped that shows a lot of her character growth. Um, like there hasn't been a lot, but I, I think it shows that there is has been some in that she seems to register and um seems to be a bit um like perturbed or um you know like I think she she feels bad even and I think she's kind of like this is weird like what am I feeling (laughs) yeah why do I feel bad now what are these feelings inside yeah yeah um but no that was it was a good scene yeah I think also that it's um we see it all through the episode with them that she's having these Mm -hmm. these feelings of friendship and she's not quite sure what to do with them Mm -hmm. like when when Enid gives her the snood um earlier on like during the gift giving sequence um Mm -hmm. she appreciates the gesture even if she doesn't appreciate the gift yes I would agree um like, yes. Yeah. She, yeah. She she seems to have this expression like, I don't know what this is, but I'm glad that Enid did it. And it's only when Enid's like, hey, let's wear it. She's like, no, 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 no. I'm not actually going to do yeah. so that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. She's, it, it's very much like, yeah, I don't know what it is. And I don't think I want to use it. But like, she, you know, I feel like she can recognize that Enid has made it black. And, um, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's that appreciation of the gesture. But the, mm. the final, mm-hmm. the conflict between them, it reminded me a lot of intra-party conflict that can occur in an RPG. Mm-hmm. Like that when you, whether it's planned or not with another player, where you can have that clash of viewpoints and that clash of ideas, and I guess clash of goals as well, that mm-hmm. what Wednesday's holding sees as important isn't what Enid sees as important. Mm-hmm. And it's that opportunity that they can actually like work that out. You can play with those different viewpoints. I mean, it's very much like Wednesday is very clearly the the dark and edgy rogue who's like, I'm going to do anything to to achieve my goal. And he mm. is a bit more the the paladin bard who's like, I'm just here to have fun with my friends. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, I feel like I'm generally more of the Enid, um, in that I know that I often get annoyed (laughs) with a lot of um or a few you know characters that we've sort of played with over the years um you know for example like often rogues and and often characters that you play joey um are i am a perfect i I can't come up with anything i can't pretend (laughs) no i mean i was just gonna say that you often thieve and you really sort of lean into the sort of scallywag slash scoundrel um, aspect of your characters. And no matter what character I'm playing, generally I, I really take umbrage with like, you know, you, you know, picking other, picking NPCs pockets. And I don't know, I don't know what it is, but I, you know, so I know that that's come up a little bit. That's caused a little bit of conflict. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, can you not? Like, I don't <laughs> can know. you not rob it from that guy? <laughs> <laughs> I was, when I the first one that that really occurred with, I think would have been Dirk, and Dirk was a compulsive liar. Yeah, like that was part of his trauma that he he didn't know why he lied; he just felt the need to lie about things, mm, mm-hmm. and that caused a lot of problems. So it was like, yeah, we're actually the king's guard. And it's like, no, don't tell people that because <laughs> yeah. we're not. Shut it's up! Cause all these what problems. the hell? Like, yeah, I can't help it. He had yeah, to be the center yeah. of attention at all times. Mm-hmm. so that was me just kind of playing into him and when you're playing a rogue or a thief it's like well you kind of do that you don't steal from the rest of the party you kind of get smacked down pretty easily you know what though i feel like you may have stolen or, from the rest or, of the party yeah or maybe one of tori's characters i feel like at least one of us at some point has definitely pickpocketed one of the rest of the party Oh, someone stole from from Emmett, my recent character, in the first session. Oh, what did they steal? All my money. What, one of us? Yeah, Tori's character stole all my money. Oh, maybe oh, sorry, it is Tori every time. Stole all my money. <laughs> yeah. As I, that was when the, the gloves of the elegant rogue that Emmett pretends to be came off and the street tough emerged. Oh, <laughs> 
He's like, who's got my fucking money? Mm. That's kind of the point that I'm, it's a lot of intraparty conflict is that it's about the meta level of it. It's about the items that really wouldn't be such a big issue in a TV show because there's that social contract. If you're traveling around with people, you're probably not going to steal their actual items because it's very easy to figure out who's got them. But a different point of view like this in Wednesday is much more likely to come up. It's like, we were in battle and you didn't heal me. Like I was dying and you didn't help me. You took Mm. me into a dangerous situation for your goals and not mine. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think those are harder scenes to role play out at a table because they feel a little bit more real. Mm. You know me, I'm always down for digging into those emotions and getting into your, you know, really embodying your character. That's true. You are. You are always quite willing to to take a bit of a a sidestep into the where's the motivation coming from? Who is this person? Mm. But yeah, I feel that that should be a more common thing, but it is something that people can feel a little more uncomfortable about. Yeah, no, totally. I get that. And I think this is a good example of a way to do it because we're episode six of a of a season. Mm-hmm. We know that these two, well, they're in love. No, they're, they're, <laughs> their friendship is endgame. Like the whole purpose of this show seems to be Wednesday needs to understand that friends are important. Yes, and that she does need people. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So you have this moment where she's gone too far, where the friends mm-hmm. have finally given up on her. Mm-hmm. And she, she even says, if I'm meant to be alone, well, fine, I'll be alone. I think Enid says that. Yeah, yeah, and, you want to be alone, so be alone, yeah. Yeah. You know that there's going to be a resolution, that there's going to be the reconciliation between them. Like you don't know how it's going to happen. And when you mm-hmm. want a scene like that in an RPG, talk to the other player beforehand. Say, hey, look, I don't know how we're going to do this, but I want to create a conflict with your character. Like we're already kind of, maybe you're already butting heads because yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Let's create a conflict and then role play that out and try and find a solution. Because mm. I feel sometimes I think, this is me just kind of getting on a soapbox now. I think a lot of people think that role play has to come naturally. Like it has to be like, we're just going to get along. Yeah, right. Ahead of time. Mm. And that's just ridiculous. I mean, I don't think it's ridiculous. Um, Do you think it all comes naturally? Well, yeah. Like, to be honest, it wouldn't really occur to me to just, to t- talk to the player oh. and and to try to set that up because for me I would just act that out organically as my character. I would be like, yo, <laughs> yo, Dirk, why are you such a fool? <laughs> you know what I mean though? Like I, I, it wouldn't even occur to me to try to be like, hey, can we, I'm going to bring this up and, you know, can we have this conflict? Like I, if there's going to be fucking conflict, I'm just going to come at it as my character. Um, yeah. That being said, I know that's not that common. Um so, like, I think it's I think it's tricky. I think it is working out what you feel most comfortable with. And if you don't, if it doesn't come naturally to you, if you don't want to just approach it as your character, then definitely, as you've said, you know, talk to the player first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was thinking previously in episodes, you've talked about how you're just, once you're at the table, you're in character. Yes. Like, of course for, you're going to come part. at these things. <laughs> yeah. Of course you're going to come at these things as your character then. And I think... Some people who might but not I just take kind that of approach assume... would have to find a bit harder. Yeah, look, I suppose. Like, I, I definitely understand that. I guess I just always assume because obviously I'm the center of the universe, Jeremy. So well, I just assume that's why you're on the that everyone <laughs> that everyone else is doing the same thing. Yeah. Um. So it's 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 almost like weird for me to be like, oh, that's right. You're not like you're you're not really, you know, staying as your character or, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's because it's not what I'm doing. Um, it's almost like foreign to me. I'm like, wait, what, what? Um, so I think we're also lucky in that regard that we play in a relatively role play heavy game. 
yes. where we can take those moments and work out a character discussion mm. or have a, a character conflict without it being like, great, now I stab him. Mm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's been well, a couple of times where they have, they have escalated, but... Um... Yeah, I do. I think most of us do quite enjoy a good role play session. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know yeah, if I... any of us are just just want the battle. To be honest, maybe Stephen. Maybe one. Well, I think that's a bit more the mechanics. Kind of I think it's more determined, like figuring out the the how the game is going to operate. Well, if true. Into yeah, th- yeah, that's true. But it's, um, I think always we have that little bit of meta knowledge that we're all here as friends to play and our characters mm-hmm. might not get along, but at the end of the day, we will shift our character's point of views to match, to keep it going, keep the story going. Yeah. And, yep. For the most part, we will. There's, yeah. Yep. And but- if we don't, then maybe we move that character away and pick a new one. <laughs> yep. Yep, there's, um, not going to lie, there's definitely been a couple of times where I feel that one particular person at our table does not necessarily adhere to that, um, but <laughs> that's fine. We Look, we you can just say it's me again. <laughs> it's not you, um, but I will not I will not say anything else. <laughs> I will say I have checked in a couple of times when I'm playing people like Dirk, my, my horrible rogue, mm-hmm. just to kind of, hey, am I taking a lot of this stuff too far? Because he is a dick at the end of the day like he loves his his found family and he will do anything to protect them but that doesn't no, mean but i don't no but i don't necessarily i'm not necessarily talking about just things that are kind of annoying or frustrating to, mm. to myself as a as a player or character i'm more talking about when things seem to stimmy the storyline you know when yeah. things you know that that your character must do uh, if mm-hmm. they're if they're literally cutting off forks of storyline that we could follow, I don't think that's very fair to the other players. Um, yeah. That's that's what I'm more referring to. You know, when it gets to a point where it's like, uh, you know, my character wouldn't do this, so that's not going to happen. And I am i don't feel like that's very fair. So that's the only, that's what I'm more referring to. I agree with you. I think that's when you, when the group has a problem rather than just the characters have a problem. Yes. And yeah, I- yeah. Again, this scene and this kind of arc for for Wednesday is kind of an important element of it, that the things you stand up against are the NPCs against the world that you're you're fighting against. They're the Mm -hmm. things that you stand strong and you're stubborn and you don't give in on. But your allies are the things you make compromises for and the things that actually make you change as a person, whether that's changing to be good or bad, but it's changing to include them in your worldview. Yeah, yeah, that's I like that. Yeah, so I think that's kind of when you do have intraparty conflict, you find a way for your character to compromise because of yes. that meta knowledge of you want to keep playing the game together. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and that's assuming just I of- guess you are all the players are friends. I suppose if you were yeah. coming into a table, you know, with random strangers, um, you know, you you certainly might resist that compromise. Um, Yes. You know, knowing that you're only going to play with them once, for example. I think if you're playing with them once, you just kind of, well, I, as someone who runs a lot of games for people once, I think you just grin and bear it. Unless it's yeah, right. offensive and then you fi- try to find a safety tool. <laughs> yeah, okay. And sometimes it's just like, yep, I got another half hour of this and then I'm done. Hmm. Um, so that was the final scene of the episode, but uh, we'll do a quick <laughs> synopsis of what happens and we'll just kind of pick out some favorite bits as well. So basically, yeah, Wednesday has a surprise party, which isn't great for her. She's um doesn't really care. Uh, mm-hmm. she has a vision about crack about Enid. I uh, don't Enid about Goody. Enid. <laughs> All right, look, my fanfic's coming through. It's <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Um, yeah. I will quickly point. I will quickly jump in and just say yeah. that the um, when she does have her vision, um, yep. there is this cool camera transition shot of her 
um, you know, like sort of like arching her back up and and sort of, you know, almost it's almost like her she's kind of like tipping, like going completely in half, kind of like um, I don't know if you've seen it, Jeremy, when in um Breaking Dawn Part One and Bella, no, um, Bella's got the baby and her bra- her back snaps in half, like her spine snaps. I see. That's um obviously um, something. And I she basically like yeah. Yeah, she basically folds like right in two, and it's kind of like that. What that's what's happening to Wednesday, but it turns out it's just a cool camera transition shot because it just kind of like follows her through to be like lying on the ground somewhere oh, yeah. else, and then kind of getting up, and it's like one big kind of circular loop shot. Um, and it's just I don't know, I really liked it. It was cool. Yeah, there's some amazing transitions in this. All of the cinematography in Wednesday is outstanding. Mm. Like mm-hmm. just the way each shot is framed, it's just those extreme close-ups of somebody's face, but it's such mm-hmm. a wide shot behind them that you can see the entire room and they're framed by a window or they're framed by things on either side. It's really well done. Mm. It's very much, it's a very good stylistic choice. I think it's very Tim Burton too, so that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, yeah, there's a a little party thing, has a party hat, which I really thought was cute. Oh, that was put- so cute. Uh, what else is going on at Nevermore? Um, Lucas, the mayor's son's doing. Oh community- no! Who even cares? <laughs> I I have a problem with this storyline as well, but yeah, I have a problem with the storyline basically because he runs into Bianca, who's all like, "Hey, why have you got that bracelet that my mother clearly gave you? You should take it off." And then they start flirting, and it's like, "Is it because they're both black? Is it because they're both black characters?" Is, is yeah. this why they're? Acting? Well, I mean, that's a good point. But, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I was just like, oh, like, I just don't see why we should care, especially about him. Like, he's just been its own yeah. asshole the whole way through. So, I'm, yeah, he's just a stupid asshole, so I don't understand why we why we care and why the storyline's heading that way. I mean, I um, can kind of see why he... So I feel that he's very much juxtaposed with Tyler. That- okay. Before the series started, Tyler used to be like Lucas. He picked on outcasts, all of that kind of stuff. And then something happened and now he's like reformed and he's trying to be friendly to them because he didn't really see that, you know, people can be people. And Xavier Mm -hmm. is all, no, you can't trust that guy. He's a dick. He like ruined my art, that kind of thing. And (laughs) this is Lucas's arc in the same way. I mean, I suppose. like he's he talks about this with Bianca. It's a horrible scene. It's really shit when they talk about it in the weather vane later on. And he's <laughs> like, she's like, why are you even doing it? He's like, well, it was to get back at you guys for ruining my dad's thing. And then we did it. And then I just I felt bad. And it's like, great, you've understood, you've started to understand empathy. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. It's just I just I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of characters and I don't understand why we're wasting time on some of them yeah um bianca gets more screen time honestly totally fine with bianca um but just i don't know um it felt a little bit like they just needed to keep bianca in the plot because her thing with xavier is just run its course she's no longer got that string tied to him yeah 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 that's true i mentioned strings because i know i put monster hearts in the tags every week um, but that's one of the things that you have in Monster Hearts an RPG. You have, if somebody basically does a favor for you, or if they beat you in a roll off or something, you get a string, and that means that you've got a negative against them next time, oh, or they've got a cool. positive against you next time, and you can use that to like get an advantage. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, and I just think that's kind of what it is here. It's like she's now got a string on him, or she had a string mm. on on um xavier so that's another thing um uh, speaking of xavier he's boring and i don't like uh, him yeah i will say oh. the only thing i did like in this whole episode with him was at one point um wednesday's in his little art cabin um i don't know art shed um yeah. and basically thing pulls down this canvas and reveals that he had done a big massive painting of Wednesday with her cello when she was on the roof um, in either the first or second episode. First episode, yeah. 
Um, and it he with his weirdo power that we haven't really still haven't discussed properly, he makes it sort of semi come to life, and you can sort of hear the music and it's moving kind of a little bit. Um, and I just thought that was really cool. I just think it's a really interesting power, and I don't know. I, I thought have, it was cool. I have questions about his power because he seems to be able to do stuff with art, like it seems to be yes. just art to kind of make art come alive. But he yes. also seems to be having visions. Like yeah, in his dreams, I guess. Monster. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I mean, so, we know his dad's a psychic. Yeah. So he just kind of has general psychic powers and some some form of art communication. Yeah, I don't even know. Like art becomes real, sort of. Yeah. Well, does- yeah, I don't know. It's a, yeah, I can't even describe it. It feels very, it does feel very D&D. It's like animate object or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it seems like it's not actually alive, but it comes alive for a moment. Yes. While still maintain, it's like he creates, he draws a table and the table becomes real for a second. But if you do too much to it, it just collapses again because it's still just ink. Yeah. That being said, I guess he did get the slashes from when he drew the monster. So it's obviously yeah. alive enough to be able to inflict proper damage. Yeah, it's like I feel well, sharpened lead, like that's like a lead pencil will hurt if it stabs you. Yeah. So I'm just saying he's just using lead to draw these things. It's like, well, if enough lead condenses, it'll hurt. So yeah, it'll hurt, suppose, but he's yeah. still I don't know. <laughs> I'm don't know why I'm trying to find a, a thing. I've also noticed that he looks like Gabriel Gates. Like the the kid that was stalking uh, Letitia? Nah. You don't think so? No. Like maybe mm-hmm. only because they've both got long straight hair. But nah, I mean, not at all. To me. <laughs> yeah. They're okay, tall nah, white I'm guys with, str- with long straight hair. It's like to me that's pretty much the same. Nah. Gabriel Gates had blonde hair, didn't he? I, okay. And Xavier's <laughs> is brown. He might have. We only saw him in that one scene. Where, yeah, um, where, I don't, I'm not sure, but still, they yeah. don't look alike. Okay, you think they don't look alike? I think they do. So, <laughs> um, yeah, his plot, Xavier's plot, isn't much use. He basically has that moment with Wednesday where he tells her where the um the gates that she saw in her vision are, and mm-hmm. then he shows up later on to to rescue them after the monster attacks, um, and be more suspicious. Yeah, I know, That's- I know, and oh, it's just ridiculous. There's, there's like the 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 plot line of like oh maybe they're maybe he's into her and they got feelings. I this was another moment in the scene in the shed where mm. it did feel like those feelings that Wednesday's having for people like were starting to come out and she wasn't quite sure how to deal with them. Like she sees that painting and she just runs. She or runs for Wednesday. She just kind of leans forward and walks very quickly. And <laughs> yeah, that's a good like, description. Not- no, must escape, must escape, must escape. Feelings and bad, feelings yeah. bad. And yeah. I I would like have it. almost thought though, I I took it more as um it was like a clear representation of his feelings for her. And she was more just like, oh, I don't want to deal with this. I didn't really feel like it was she was having feelings. I thought it was more like, oh, like this is awkward now. I'm just gonna bail. Um See, I thought of it was I'm incredibly uncomfortable and I don't know why, whether it's because of what you said or because she's like, oh, shit, I do like that he's a friendly person, but I can't trust yeah, him. So it yeah. kind of boils down to the same thing. She just had to get away because she was uncomfortable about it. Yeah, I think, yeah, I suppose. Because it feels like that's kind of what she she has with Enid as well. It's like, no, 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 push away the friends, go away. Yeah, look, I don't really want to compare what she has with Enid to what she might have with Saviour at she all in any way, shape, or form. She and Enid are pure. They shouldn't be compared to Xavier. To you Xavier. just compared them. <laughs> I know, I know, and I'm regretting it every word. <laughs> um, so Wednesday also goes to the, the Gates house now that she knows about it. Um, she, you know, sees the mayor there. The mayor's all mm-hmm. like, hey, Sheriff, I know what's going on. Uh, and so she sneaks along and follows him, and then the mayor gets hit by a car. <laughs> Which, yeah. Not good. Not great. No, not not great. Um, 
And I actually will admit, I didn't see it coming, which I kind of feel like I, I should have. Uh, <laughs> you're doing well tonight. Oh, yeah, I'm on um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, again, though, like, I just don't care. So I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah, the mayor's like, being kind of an antagonist anyway. Yeah. Um, and, like, I get what he was needed for, but... Mm. Yeah, like I'm just like, oh, why are you spending so much time with all these other losers? Well, I guess it won't matter too much because the final scene, like the montage final scene, has someone murdering him in his hospital bed. So I guess it's um <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> you won't have to worry about him anymore. And hey, we that's got to know Lucas right before his dad dies, where his personality is gonna end up changing entirely. Oh my god, totally. And he's gonna blame it on the freaking outcast and be like, Oh, I never should have tried to make friends with you. Normies for life. <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't think he'll go that bad. I think that was right in Oh, I think it's crossed. Um yeah. there is a moment as well, I don't know if it was before this or after this, where Wednesday is visiting Eugene in the hospital. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think um, yeah, that was before that. Um, and she's basically just kind of like opening up to him about what she's been seeing and goody and, you know, um, and anyway, Valerie, the, the Dr. Kimball, Kimbot, whoever, um, what it, yep. That one, um, Kimball is the the guy from the fugitive. Right. Okay. My mistake. Um, easy mistake to make. Um, she kind of sneaks up on her and eavesdrops a little bit. And then she's like, who's goody? (laughs) Um, and anyway, they have a brief conversation. She also puts this, um, puts some flowers in a vase for Eugene. Um, note to viewers, uh, take a good look at those flowers. Um, and also when they were very clear about, look at these flowers. I know, weren't they? I was like, oh my God, you're like shoving it in our faces. Um, but Wednesday makes a comment just before she leaves where she says something like, um, like, don't worry, I'm still as cold and heartless as the first day we met. Or, or, or I promise I'm still as cold and heartless as the first day we met or something. Um, and the, the doctor's like, uh, yeah, if, if you were, you wouldn't be here um, for yeah. your friend. Um, and I just liked it. I don't know. Like, I thought it was, again, it was nice that Wednesday recognised that what she was doing was not typically, I guess, something she would have done at the very first, like when she first arrived. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I just about thought about that was... as well. I agree with mm-hmm. you that it's not what she would have done when she first arrived. But I think what she says is true as well, that she's always had the potential for friends in her. She's just never met anyone who's actually been friendly that she wanted to be friends with. Well, I don't think that's what she's saying. Like, I mean, I can, I definitely, yeah, right. I think she's covering, but I think that what she's saying is still true. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Because I'm thinking that she talks about Eugene and says that he reminds her of Pugsley. And Uh I think we saw in the previous episode when they're fishing together, that there is like kind of a friendly sibling nature to them. Yes, there is definitely. Yeah. So I feel like she does, she can have friends. So, yeah, yeah, I think she always had that potential to have a friend like Eugene. It's just she never found one. Mm. Yeah. Thoughts. <laughs> those flowers. <laughs> yeah, um, check out those flowers. Yeah, there's so, so many flowers. Uh, so because of the, the car accident and Wednesday being there, she gets grounded. Um, I think, did she get grounded or did everyone get grounded? No, so the school gets put into lockdown. And That's her, right. what's it? Her, her, um, I don't know. Her rights to leave the campus or something. Yeah, leave the campus grounds gets revoked. Yeah, so um, basically Thornhill, the same as grounded. Pretty much, yeah. Thornhill goes to check on her. Is all like, here's a copy of Frankenstein. When's like, you're just checking on me because Weems told you to. Uh, and she actually does like a thing where where Thornhill's all like we're a lot of like you and I Wednesday's just like, no, we are not get the hell away from me. And again, it's like kind of that reaction to she's starting to develop not affection, but connection with other people. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't like it. She has to, yeah. she has to make sure that people go away from her when that happens. 
Mm. It's just it's an interesting one. Um, so Thornhill goes away after she gives a, a copy. Oh, the the copy of Frankenstein. I I love this just because, of course, Wednesday knows all about Mary Shelley. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, that was good. Yeah, where she's like, she is my hero and my nemesis. Yeah, yeah, because she wrote her book when she was nineteen. Yeah, that's just oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's like yes, mm. you would have a nemesis. Pause. Wednesday mm. has an. I had a nemesis yeah, who was she's an probably author back when multiple... I was nineteen. Oh, who was the author? Um, a younger author who got published and is still writing today. Actually, I've had him on a different podcast, so he knows he's my nemesis. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I was working in a bookshop and he was published, so he kept coming in to sign his books. I'm like, you're my nemesis. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, what else occurs? Oh, yeah. Um, um, when so... they, they, they have to go and check out the Gates Banner again. Yeah, so that being said, like, it's weird. This was one of my favourite parts of the episode. But yeah. also, like, it was my hero and my nemesis <laughs> because yeah. um, Wednesday is just, like, a real bitch, a real cold-hearted <laughs> user who manipulates Enid into sneaking her out of the school, no um, manipulates Tyler into, you know, thinking they're going on a date and instead, you know, and she tells Enid it's going to be like a girl's hang and then instead it's like this is where we're going if you don't want to come, don't come. Like, I just, I don't know. I was really frustrated with, like, I know that it suits her character, but I just thought we'd made more progress in this. And I was, it was just, it just kind of sucked to see them. Like, I don't really care about Tyler, but especially Enid to see her get treated like that. Um, well, I'm wondering if it's also because a lot of this comes after she visits Eugene in the hospital. And I'm wondering if it's a little bit of, if you're close like to me. compensation kind of thing. Yeah. That that drive you away now, so you don't get hurt a little bit later on. Uh well, well, I would have. I just assumed she wouldn't. She wouldn't have them with her then. Like but I she don't needs think. Help. That, I don't. I think it's more. She needs help. Like I think it's more. She needs help. And oh no, like I'm losing my cold-hearted edge. I better yeah. turn it up. I better dial it up, kind of thing. Um, yeah. You know, and but like. Either way, it just, I didn't really, I hated that part throughout this whole, you know, portion of the episode. Um, Enid is really cute, however, throughout it, because she's very much like whimpering like a puppy multiple times. Um, it was adorable. Um, yeah, it was really cute. Um, mm. and-, and when she, when they're going through the matter, or they're going into the um, the garage, and Wednesday tries, and it's like, it doesn't work to open the door, and Tyler's like, oh, I'll give it a try because I'm a guy. And he tries as well. Nothing yeah. happens. And he's like, give it a go and just rips the door up its hinges. Yeah, yeah. It was cool. I love that. <laughs> um, and it's yeah, they basically just. Ex- Sorry, everyone doing the strength check. And then like the gnome is the one that rolls the natural 20. <laughs> yeah, literally. And I feel like we've had that recently during one of our DD sessions um, where it's like the strong people just don't perform. Um, yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, this is really stuck tight. And, yeah, and then some, you know, someone who's not strong comes along. Yeah, it's very frustrating because generally I'm the strong person that fails. <laughs> yeah. It keeps reminding, there's a moment in one of the early critical roles where the, the Grog as the barbarian walks into a bar and tries to ask something and rolls an intimidation check and rolls really low and no one pays attention to him. And then <laughs> Scanlan, the bard gnome, walks in and like rolls a natural 20 to do the same <laughs> intimidation check. And he like basically just stands yeah. up on the table and goes, listen up, you little fucks. You're going to hear what my friend's got to say and you're going to listen and you're going to pay attention. <laughs> it's just that same same sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like you make this, the story, the dice tell the story and you just kind of make it work. Yeah, yeah. You just got to roll with it if I uh, if I do say so myself. So some of the things they find in the Gates Manor, um, they find the car that hit the mayor. They find mm-hmm. a painting of the Gates family. Mm-hmm. Um, they find a secret door in the library, which of course they of course. do. Mm-hmm. They find a creepy shrine to Josiah or whatever his name is, Crackstone. Joseph Crackstone. Yep. Joseph Crackstone. 
And then they find that like Laurel Gates's room has been kept as like this perfect, like there's flowers and like beds made. Yeah, fresh flowers. There's no cobwebs, no dust. Um, so someone, if not Laurel Gates herself, um, mm-hmm. is has been using, living, sleeping in the room. Yeah. And then the monster shows up. Yes. So we we hear the monster, we hear Tyler call out from downstairs. Saying mm-hmm. like, oh no, the monster's here, girls, run. Yeah. And then like, you know, start screaming and then you hear the monster, whatever. And then the monster starts coming up the stairs. Um, yeah. And. Oh, and they escape to the basement um, and they find all the body parts and realize these are the body parts that are missing from all the people that got killed. But before that, they, Enid and Wednesday, retreat into the dumb waiter to get away from yes. the monster. And so they're in this enclosed space. That's right. And they're both scared. And it's a great scene. Um, and also, at one point, Wednesday takes off her snood to try and tie the doors of the dumbwaiter closed. And Enid's like, no, not your snood. <laughs> Wednesday's like, shut up. Like, we are yeah. literally fighting for our lives. And that was quite funny. Um, but I also felt like Wednesday seemed kind of protective of Enid and was almost kind of like crouching in front of her and, you know, holding her hand out, you know, as if to, you know, be like a shield. Um and she did kind of reading. when they're in the basement. She makes sure that Enid goes first. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So anyway, so I, I quite enjoyed that. Yeah. And like after they escape, Enid's just like, let's get out of here. Because she's like, you don't mm-hmm. care about me at all. You dragged me to this place and I nearly got killed. Yeah. And when they're like, no, we have to go back and check on Tyler. Like yeah. Tyler's still. Yeah. So it seems like she's pushing people away, but also has this responsibility to them as well. So everyone yeah, is all like, I, yeah. you're being a, a jerk, you're being a bitch. It's like, well, no, you're not actually. She's just being her. Oh, look, yeah. 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 Um, going back to the dumbwaiter for a moment, I mm-hmm. was really expecting her to, someone to say, I hope I don't, or hope that Ina doesn't wolf out right now. Because oh. again, closed space. And if you're writing fanfic, maybe that's when Wednesday has to kiss her to calm her down. It's like, just just saying. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, wow. I, I'd actually completely forgotten that. Did not enter my mind at all. Um, so, yeah, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, my, my mind goes to different places. <laughs> um, yeah, but that was... About... You go. No, no. What were you going to say? I was going to say, I want to get into a whole thing about investigating and discovering things in houses. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, we can talk about that. Okay. I, I do want to get into like a thing about the whole investigation of the houses because it is a classic role play element. It's like they split the party, mm-hmm. which is something you should never do. And they, Enid's all like, don't, let's not split up. That's a really bad idea. Mm-hmm. But also the, like the fact that they find a secret door in the library. Like these are just they're rolling really well, and I think I talked about yeah. this when when they were going through the cave as well. Like as you get better rolls, you find more and more details. Mm-hmm. What I really love is when they're finding parts. Like they just walk into the garage and they find the car that hit the mayor. <laughs> they you give the the game master in this case is giving them clues but not answers. Yeah. Like it's already kind of confirming their theories, but not going. And here's why. Yeah. And, and it's not really, it's not really like helping them at all, right? Because yeah. there's no indication of who was driving. And if everyone that supposedly used to live there is dead, presumed dead, then it's like, oh, this could just be being used by any kind of like vagrant drifter, you know, or hobo, like that could just be squatting here. So it's kind of like, this is not really helping you at all. It's kind of rather than them getting a theory and going to find evidence that supports it, they go out and they just find evidence and then they have to make it all fit. <laughs> yeah. Like they've got, okay, they've got the car. They know whoever's here is the one that did the thing, did hit the mayor, but we don't know who's there. So we can't like pin it on someone or other. We got just have all these suspects. Mm. And again, that they've got the the picture of the gates and like Laurel's rooms all clean and Laurel's supposedly dead. It's like, oh well, it's it's probably Laurel then. Yeah. yeah. Laurel. We don't know who Laurel is. We've never yeah. met her before. Yeah. 
So is, is Laurel the monster? Is this like, what's going on here? Is it cut? How's mm. it tied in with the mayor? So you get all this evidence towards a point, but it doesn't give you that answer. Yeah. And that's really, as a game master, it's really tricky to, to have that. Mm. Um, but what I like about it is it does let players, and in this case, viewers, to have all these theories about what's going on. Yeah. And I think that's what players want when when you're doing a long campaign. Yeah. Yeah, I will say that I definitely enjoy, you know, the theorising and the speculating Um mm-hmm you know, that we often get get around to. However, mm-hmm. as someone who is amongst a party of quite intelligent, logical people, mm-hmm. um, I, I often either think something and, and don't mention it, but I, I might think something or occasionally I'll be like, oh, what if it's this? Like, oh, maybe it means this. And I'm I'm quite quickly put, into, put in my place <laughs> because someone else who is much more intelligent and rational and logical and has a better memory of, you know, of all the ins and outs that, you know, that, that our DM has laid is like, Again. oh, it can't be that because of blah, 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 blah. Um, so. Well, I, I don't do, think that's. I, I, I will say, I will try to defend others in the party. I don't know whether this mm-hmm. is me. Maybe I'm defending myself. I don't think we're doing it to put you in your place. It's more... Oh, no, sorry. No. I, we you, you like the theory. We just... You know that it's not correct. No, no, yeah. yeah. I don't take it as like a, like, you know, pipe down bitch kind of thing. I don't take it as that. <laughs> uh, but it's more just like, you know, I sort of get into it and I'm like, oh, maybe it's this and maybe it's this. And then it's like, oh, actually, it can't be this. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I'm like, and then I feel like a dum-dum. And I'm like, oh, well, I should just stop theorizing. That That's the only thing I was going to say is that it, it it is fun and it can be fun, but then it also can be a little bit frustrating sometimes when it's like, oh, I actually, I'm clearly not either paying enough attention or not smart enough or whatever to actually make the connections I need to make to work this out, if that makes sense. And honestly, I love it when I love as a game master, when players do both of those things, mm-hmm. like if someone starts going off on a theory and they're like, Oh my gosh. And all the pieces fit. I'm like, that's a yeah. great idea. I'm going to see if I can work it in. So you feel really smart because yeah, okay. that way you've kind of seen where I'm going with it and you kind of pick yeah. all the pieces together. And if someone else goes, yeah, but what about this? I'm like, Oh shit. I didn't even think of that. I'm going <laughs> yeah, to have okay. to change yeah. a few things because you've pointed out a big hole in my plan <laughs> yeah okay on on a note just aside you've played a game in in one of my adventures where you've got to kidnap a bride before her wedding yeah you might remember yep. this one and there's a I few sure different do. places you can kidnap her you get her schedule and it's like she has a walk around the garden and then she goes to lunch and then she goes out to the the dress fitting and like the lace store and the tea house and the bookshop and a few other places. Can you see any problems so far with the, the scheduling? Um, I don't know. No, me either. Cause it's been two years what, that I've been running this mean? adventure and it was only a week ago that somebody pointed out why is she having a large lunch before going and getting her dress fitted? Well, well, I mean, if it depends on the style of dress, right? Like, if she's in one of those like big hoop, big ye oldie hoop dresses, and it, I don't think it really matters what you got under there. So tell that person, to, shut up. To tell that person <laughs> to pipe down, bitch. <laughs> it just kind of occurred to me. It's like, well, yeah, if I'm going to go try on pants, I don't have a massive meal because they're not going to fit right. Again, like I feel like it depends on the style of fashion. It it really does. It was just something that had just never occurred to me. And it yeah, kind of yeah. makes me think of stuff like that where you've got all these theories about why stuff's happening. And it's like it, the the game master is human as well. They probably yeah. forgotten something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so yeah, that was a lot of what I liked about those theories and come like giving all the evidence from that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and then it does kind of lead into more mystery as well. Like you've mm. given the answer to the questions of, well, what's happening with the monster? What's the monster doing? Why are these body parts going missing? It's like, well, they're here. We know that now, but we don't know. Yeah, why but we here. don't. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know what 
they're going to be used for. I mean, what is it? There's those, the questions you need to answer in a mystery. There's like who, how, why, where, and when, is that right? Something or, you know, the basic questions. No, I don't think it's how, because they've all got to start with W, don't they? Well, how's got a W in it. It works like that. No, it's no, a, you know who, what, where, when, and why. Oh, that's right. Who, what, where, why, and when. Yeah. So we've kind of a lot of these are answered, and it's just well, kind of the why that's always like motivation is always going to be the strongest one of those. Yeah, I don't. I mean, we don't necessarily know the who. No, we like, well, we kind of suspect. I mean, it kind of leads into the like. Gates is it Laurel Gates though, or is it someone else posing as Laurel Gates, or is it just someone else that's squatting Xavier. in her room? And as and as you said, is Laurel Gates the monster, or like you know? So I don't yeah. really feel like we know the who. Yeah, that's true. And then what's all the other? De- what's going on with like Wednesday and the whole fire will rain and where does all that tie in? Mm-hmm. It's again, it's, it's weird. It's giving us answers to questions we it's hadn't thought us- we needed. Yes, but and then also more questions. Yeah. And it does feel like, it's not like Lost where the questions just lead to more questions, lead to more questions and nothing actually gets answered. It's like it's answering things that we need to know and giving us a very, it's like the jigsaw puzzle. We're getting the edge of the puzzle. We're not getting the actual picture itself. Yeah, that's or a not good description. Just, yeah. Mm. Um, so what else kind of occurs? We see that, um, what's his face? Tyler gets injured. Tyler was um, injured like, and yep, Tyler's injured and Xavier shows up. Xavier shows sheriff. up out of the blue and they get yeah, taken back to their house to patch him up yep. and then the sheriff's like and the sheriff's like, you do it for my boy. Um you, you, also right. secret sneaky Tyler bod, like <laughs> yeah, he doesn't get that pa- moving around like all the coffee grains and stuff. Um yeah, yeah, like, yeah, just think it was disguised well by his clothes, but um, I did not yeah. even notice to tell the truth. Shut up, really? I didn't. I was looking oh. at the scratches, I'm like, okay, so how is he scratch? Like, what's the actual angle that the creature's scratching him at? Oh, yeah, no, I was like, uh, okay, hey, <laughs> I think it's also because it didn't seem like Wednesday noticed it either. Yeah, yeah, well, like, she probably didn't. Ina's there. <laughs> That's true. Enid probably noticed. Enid, I feel, is incredibly pansexual. Um, depending yeah, on I mean, like possibly. what week it is. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, they, it was yeah. not that important. But I was just like, mm, okay. Um, and, and then uh, and then with the scene we talked about where um Wednesday returns back after talking to, yeah. to Weems and convincing her to let her stay there, get one more chance, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, I actually I like this as well because. The sheriff kind not doesn't turn on her, but he says, You've got to stay away from this case. You got to turn in your badging gun. Stay away from my boy. <laughs> yeah. Because up until here, he'd sort of been an ally in the case. He was willing to hear her out occasionally. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. And now he's gone. It's like he's like, No, you're not allowed to do anything. And she yeah. comes back to Weems and explains, Rowan get showed me this thing and I'm trying to protect the school. And now Weems is on side. Sort of. Yeah, like Weems sort understands yeah. what she's doing and why. It's like yes. you, you're out of chances, but I'm going to let you off on this one because I realize that you are trying to do good. Yes, yeah, I agree. And I think having that mentor figure that you can go to when things are, are tough, you kind of, you kind of need it for a role playing game too because you always you're going to be always in a situation where the game master knows more than you. And yes. you said before that when you're at the table, you're surrounded by very intelligent, witty people, myself included. Um, but when everyone at the table's at a loose end, you kind of want an NPC that will support the party and you can go to for stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. So it's not always you against the world. And this yeah. is, I made notes when she was talking about Goody or talking to Goody earlier, like in her vision, her, her vague... Mm warnings about hey you're the raven in my bloodline you need to save the school all of those kind of things yeah and again it's like well what's the character's mental like you've got to have learned learned something from somewhere you can't be Mm. completely self-taught yeah that's a good point 
Yeah. And I just, I just like when you can kind of switch those mentors in and out, depending on the situation. Mm. So you, you kind of have a few floating around. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's true. I feel like we had one um, in our campaign semi-recently and then the events occurred and she basically was like, actually, you can't come see me anymore. Um, and then it was like, fuck, what are we going to do now? Um, yeah. Where are we going to get healing? So yeah. Yeah. So that, that was, that's kind of a good point. I think when it's our campaign, we tend to adopt people and make them the mentor, make them the, <laughs> you probably know everything, right? I mean, we just come yeah. to you with this. And thankfully, our game masters often says, "No, I have no idea yeah. about. It. I'm just a guy <laughs> yeah. on the street. I'm just the yeah, kid literally that cleans, uh, cleans out the stables that you paid me mm. once." So yeah, I think it's good to have those connections, and I think that's kind of what NPC is designed for originally. But I think it's important to kind of think about where your mentors are mm. um, as players as well as as game masters. Hmm. Um. Yeah. And that's kind of it. We're sad because, you know, Wednesday and Ina broke up and <laughs> Ina's going to go sleep with Yoko now. Yep. Yep. Garlic but it gives you know. good a good chance, a good opportunity for a reconciliation, which is always promising. I do appreciate a good reconciliation. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. You can't have highs without lows. Sure. <laughs> I mean, if you can, okay, we'll get into that another time. Um, but there is one last thing we need to do before we mm-hmm. finish off the episode. Uh, and yep. that is pick a character from the show that we just watched and mm-hmm. uh, talk about how we would use them as a player character or an NPC in our games. Um, mm-hmm. And, oh, I should have flipped a coin before we went. Uh, Elise, what number am I thinking of? Seven. That's right. You're going first. Jesus. Um, that's fine because for the first time in this whole series um, that I'm recording with you, I'm actually ready to go. I had someone from the start and I've not changed my mind. And that person oh, is Xavier. Boom. Wow. Okay. We're going for Mr. Um, Boring himself. I sure am. So basically, mm-hmm. here's my here's my thing. Xavier is going he's to be basic, an NPC. Yes, we got it. Yep. And I feel like I feel like he's just kind of like literally the perfect representation of, you know, the party's just rolled into town and you hear about shit going down, whether there's people going missing or people getting attacked or whatever, right, and you're starting to investigate and there's this NPC, you know, called Blavia that, um, Labia. you know, sort of telling. Did you just call it <laughs> NPC Labia? No. I said Blavia. Oh, okay. Or. Or as our DM has previously said, Javier, not realizing it's meant to be Javier. Yep. <laughs> it was so good. Anyway, um, so well, basically, is, is Blavia or Xavier. Well, that I feel like they kind of say Xavier, but yeah. that could just be because they're American weirdos. All right, Charles Xavier would have some words with you. <laughs> he can have words. That's fine. Um, if you would like me to call him Xavier, I will. I'm going to call him Javier. <laughs> um, anyway, so he's basically an NPC, you know, that may, might show us the, maybe he's the mayor of the town or maybe whatever. He's just like this friendly, helpful person that we meet that gives us information. And But then weirdly, you know, maybe we go to one scene and we're like, oh, oh, Penelope, who did this to you? Did you see anyone? She's like, no. And then Blavia turns up and he's like, oh, Penelope, dear, what happened? And, you know. And, you know, then we're like, oh, my God, how does this keep happening? And then we, you know, maybe we reconvene in the tavern and Blavie is like, oh, Penelope, I can't believe she got hurt, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we might be like, oh, where were you? And it's like, oh, I was milking the cows. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then we go to the next scene. Like the story. Yeah, yeah, right? So you can see that he's just this weird person that keeps popping up, but, like, they're not, like, they seem suspicious, but, like, then you try to, like, maybe you roll insight checks and, and no, no, they all seem to be completely genuine and telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just it's just because they're just a bloody busybody who thinks they can save everyone, um, and you know you just it just seems like it's so sass and so surely it's them because they keep turning up and being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, but they're just a they're just a boring loser who wants to feel important. <laughs> wow, 
Or, okay, wait, or flip flip side, flip side, or they actually are the bad person. And for whatever reason, we get invited to their house to mm-hmm. discuss the case further or maybe because we're suspicious and they're like come to my house and we're like okay sure and then we're all like side eyeing each other being like oh we're totally gonna murder him um and then we turn up there and we go into the the lobby the entryway the foyer and there's this weird painting and we're like oh look at that painting that's odd and then it fucking jumps out at us and eats us and kills us or we have to fight it whatever because that's his power yeah so like- anyway See, I, I would be more interested in making him a pc than an npc Oh, why? Because of his vague, he's boring, but he has vague and interesting powers. Like as a personality and like, actually, no, I feel you could make him interesting. Like he's got the daddy issues that I tend to put my, give my characters. Um, (laughs) Like his, I do. His his dad obviously doesn't pay too much attention to him. He's got Mm -hmm. like things that his dad obviously should be helping with, but he's not. He's got like the backstory with Bianca and he can't really trust himself with mm-hmm. people. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of potential there. It's just, they didn't do enough with it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I can see either one, honestly. Yeah. Okay. Like, I anyway, that's like my person. Away. You kind of like you're sketching down really quickly, the magic spell that you want to happen. And then you just throw a piece of paper in the air and like a fireball shoots out from it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Um, I'm not going to change mine though, even though I do like the idea of Javier um, being <laughs> the, the. I am going for the first time this season for Wednesday herself. No, really? Yeah. Wow. I think because of some of the reasons I've talked about um, with like the way I see her dealing with these feelings that she has. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. whether it's. I, I like that as a PC where it's like, nope, 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 not going to deal with those. I'm going to go off and fight that dragon. Mm, it's much easier mm-hmm. to get killed than talk about my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like you were saying earlier, the way that she pushes people away or has that conflict with people is a lot of the way that I have my characters act. Yeah. Where it's like, no, no, I'm the most important person in the universe. It's okay because I'm doing it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I can easily see myself trying to play that Wednesday character or that that um, my mission is more important and people will thank me when when I succeed. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I can see you playing someone like that um, and just, you know, just being this, this misunderstood, um, you know, character that seems like such a such an asshole. Um, I feel like this is a compliment <laughs> in here somewhere. No, no, totally it is. Sorry. That is came coming out like super, you know, negative and you know, critical. Um, but no, like it really is. Like I, I think that's a, actually a good idea. And I feel like I can see that. Yeah. I do promise my next character, well, probably not my next character, but the character after that is going to be super happy, like join every team and like support <laughs> everyone. <laughs> um, so it won't be Wednesday, is what I'm saying. Uh, but that is it. That is it for this week. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Masters of Alchemy for uh, supporting this podcast and sponsoring this podcast. If you'd like to support Masters of Alchemy, head over to mastersofalchemy.com or come down to Fortress on every Sunday, uh, Fortress Emporium in Melbourne, uh, where we run D&D games uh, for beginners and intermediate sessions. There's a couple of other venues around the city of Melbourne as well. Uh, Lost Boys in Fitzroy and Talk to Me in Paran or South Yarra or wherever that's called. Um, what else you can leave ratings and reviews on wherever podcasts are found. And that is really appreciated because it gets more, um, more listeners to find us. Uh, we've had one or two reviews already. Uh, this one from, from ladder tall, uh, says it is a great podcast and I, I am definitely not made up. Um, (laughs) they only gave me three stars, so I'm not sure what exactly they were trying to say there. (laughs) <laughs> do i need to i've usually got a few other things that i say um thank you to dorotodesky for doing the art for the podcast um there's always one i leave out there's always some thank you elise for coming on and talking Ooh, i know it's been so a busy welcome. day it's always a busy day jeremy that's true that's true um so well until next time thank you for listening um stay safe 
Be kind to yourselves. May all your hits be crits. And we'll see you next Wednesday. This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. Always was, always will be. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging.